Okay, so um, let's start the new year and uh, have a few thoughts about where we're going. I don't know what new year means to you. Um, It could be an interesting time, can't it? And I suppose the more years we live, the more our perspective maybe shifts on new year, that there was a time where I'd be kind of thinking very much oh what's this the year of what am I going to achieve personally this year and and I'd get really try and get really focused on what what the year would be about and what it would mean um and it's I suppose the habit of resolutions new year resolutions is is a really common thing that most people see it as a great kind of reset or a great refocus at the start to the year um and we'll decide on stuff like the new challenge that we're going to focus on and and then our attempt is that the new year triggers our our focus on that and our hope that we could just stay on track try and keep on track for the year um research shows i was reading up last night um there's some research that shows in the uk that 80 percent of resolutions fail by february um and then some wider research done um i'm assuming in america says that only eight percent of people who make a new year's resolution ever go on to achieve that that actual thing that they're trying to do i mean that's probably kind eight percent i think that's that's probably way more uh, sorry way more than it actually is in reality but when we think about that word resolution, it's all about resolving to do something. And the word resolve is centred around finding a solution to a problem. So we see in our lives as we, as we assess and we look back on what's just happened or maybe our life in general, we'll see things that actually we think we could do better or that we want to solve. Um, and sometimes it's weird thinking about it as a problem, but if we want to... Um, be a bit more kind of financially secure we want to lose a bit of weight we can see those things as a problem that we want to try and address at the start of a new year so so really in essence the new year becomes that time of reflection doesn't it whether we make resolutions or not and i think i became someone who just stopped making resolutions because i thought i'm sick of letting myself down um, <laughs> by february um, or maybe second week in march I remember trying to do the bible in a year and literally, by about the second week in January, I was already like 10 days behind. I was like, man, that's gonna take, I'm going to have to take a week off work to catch this up. Um, so, um, so it's really easy, isn't it, to, to have the resolve to say, I'm going to find a solution to this thing I'm, identi- I'm identifying as a problem. I'm going to try and uh, push forward with it. I read uh, a friend put a status up the other day, uh, and she said this... Um, in response to everyone, you know how everyone gets really reflective in their, their kind of Instagram or Facebook posts, especially they do their top nine of the year and then they kind of reflect on what that meant. Uh, this, uh, a friend of mine said this, um, uh, she said, this is just a friendly reminder that just because it's January, you don't have to reevaluate your entire life and feel guilty about everything you did or didn't do last year. You don't have to promise yourself you'll be better and beat yourself up in February because you forgot about it or you couldn't do it. Just be you. You were good enough on the 31st of December. You're still good enough now. But, you know, if you want to be better, then be better. It's cool either way. And I thought there's a part of it that thought, oh, it feels a shame that we're not pushing people to strive to be better. But actually, I quite like the balance of saying, do you know what? Like we're all adults and we're all experienced enough to know that, do you know what, we can have a focus for the year ahead and say this is what we want to do and this is what we want to achieve this year. There's something quite healthy in that. But we also know that there's stuff around the corner each year that none of us would ever predict. 
there'll be successes and absolute highs that just come out of nowhere that surprise us. But at the same time, there could be some curveballs that completely knock us off our feet and go, man, if I'd known that this year um, kind of entailed this or, or had this for me, uh, I would have kind of approached it entirely differently. And I suppose what I found, rather than going, this is my year of this, this is my particular focus for the year, I suppose I've become more of a person who says, what can I do? What approach can I adopt in my life that prepares me for whatever this year has in store? And just before Christmas, I think, it was about 13th of December, my mum had a stroke. Um, and it's one of those things where you... You'd never prepared for those kind of things because you just assume that everyone is healthy, everyone is good, and we all just carry on with the momentum of what we know we can achieve and, and what we can do. She was my, my dad's main carer, so for me, I had to step into those caring roles to be able to um, put my dad to bed uh, and get him up in the morning. So I stayed there for a few nights and, and then had to kind of do that maybe for, for 10 days up until Christmas. And luckily for us, my mum was was all right. She's, she's got to take it easy. She's got to take her time to get fully back to health. But it's those kind of things where you go, man, if I knew that the year would entail that, um, I, I, would have, I would have been had this sense of apprehension towards it. Now, it's not that we live in fear or that we live scared of what's around the corner, but I think sometimes there is a preparation in each of us that goes, Do you know what, whatever this year holds, uh, I'm going to resolve... To be um, to have a strong foundation that will lead me, um, kind of uh, with with positivity, maybe maybe with strength into whatever this year entails. But it becomes that time of reflection, and, and I think sometimes what we find when we reflect is hindsight as a thing can be both a blessing and a curse. Sometimes we look back with hindsight and situations, and we can sometimes feel a little bit of regret I suppose that maybe we look back with regret on mistakes that we made the moments that we missed or the opportunities that passed us by sometimes we can kick ourselves and go if only I'd done that then this would have been the outcome um, and on reflection we can we can kind of have a sometimes a, a moment of regret about those kind of things but at the same time the blessing of hindsight is that we can learn from those challenging elements and be better equipped for our future say if that ever happens again I know that I wouldn't respond in that way or that I would do this or do that in order to see a different outcome that we can be strengthened we can be educated and we can be equipped by our reflections on what's gone before and I suppose that process provides the greatest opportunity in each of us for assessment and adjustment that enables us to make those necessary tweaks for us to be more effective as individuals. Um, and I suppose the, the reality is when we sit together in, in this room or whenever we gather together in whatever setting, the thing that unites us is a passion and a focus on Jesus and an awareness that, that when we connect with God, that has the power to transform our lives and transform our opportunities and our situations. And I suppose <clears throat> the healthy thing about about uh, reflecting and and hindsight in this respect is that we can look back on this last year and say, God, some of the, some of what went on, I don't understand. 
and I feel confused about and I don't know what you were doing in those moments or why you didn't come through in this but then in other times you can see God's hand carrying you through stuff that you never um, would have imagined happening and I suppose in those kind of times it's, it's important that we take these moments like today to just hand our lives to God and say God with you our lives are so much more effective and our lives can be so much better. And it doesn't take a genius to work out when we've been on the journeys that we have that, that the common denominator is when we embrace God in a situation, we're able to come through it so much better than if we decide to go, sack it, this is a waste of time, I'm going to do it my own way. And, and it only takes, hindsight is a gift in that respect because we can look back and go, do you know what? Um, even in my darkest times, um, when I clung to God, I was able to to navigate that valley and come out of it um, again. Because the reality is, as much as we can feel overwhelmed with times like that, or even when we have something amazing happen, what I've come to realise is we weren't designed to live on the mountaintop or in the valley. Okay, We weren't designed to live in either of those places. Um, where we mainly reside is in the normality of life. And sometimes it's that that becomes a difficult bit, that normality sometimes feel a bit, feels a bit mundane, feels a bit predictable, feels like everyone else is having this amazing time and we're just going through the motions and trying to kind of exist. Um, and actually, it's, it's, it's finding that place where we can see that God is in all of those elements. And when we embrace him in that stuff, that's when some amazing things happen. I, uh, just before Christmas as well, just actually the week before my mum had, had her stroke, uh, a friend of mine um, had a, a, a devastating um, situation happen to him. And um, it's sometimes when we're reflecting, it's sometimes it's those challenging times that really cause us to ask some big questions. Um, the story was um, a friend of mine, um, a guy called Andy Harrington, um, who, if I'm honest, has probably been a real hero of mine as I've grown up. Um, he was, as a young person, he was um, a youth leader. Um, and he, I suppose, if I look at significant moments in my life, he was someone who really... Um, who really paved the way for God to move in in my life and, and the life of so many people around me. So he's been someone that I've always looked up to. And, and as I've grown older, he's he's kind of been someone that I've checked in with and, and has really had a real influence on my life. But quite tragically, on the 10th of December, his, uh, his son, Chris, um, died um, quite suddenly um, of a... I think they, they described it as a pulmonary aneurysm. Um, he'd injured his foot a week before. No one thought anything of it. Um, but literally a week later, um, I think in his late 20s he was, um, he died of a massive heart attack. And you kind of look at it, and it's, sometimes it's those kind of things um, that really cause you to ask some quite major questions. His, his um, Thanksgiving service was a couple of weeks later. Um, and um, Han listened into it. I was I was out that night, but came in just for the end of it. And you know, when you listen to eulogies of people, it's quite a powerful thing, isn't it? And I often think one of the saddest things about eulogies is that we reserve those comments and those perspectives for a time when, sadly, that person's not even there to hear them. Um, and I've always thought, actually, there'd be a, wouldn't it be great if we can somehow find a way of telling people how great they are whilst they're here to hear it 
I suppose part of I always feel like part of my mission in life is I want to make sure I do that. And I become someone who doesn't just reserve my my appreciation of someone until it's too late. Um, but sometimes when we listen to eulogies of people and people start talking about what someone's life stood for and what impact someone's life had, it'd be quite, it can be quite a powerful experience. I remember, um, obviously, when my, my brother died nearly, I think it was 18, just over 18 years ago, going through that whole funeral process was harrowing. But listening to what people said about him was one of the most um, heartwarming and inspiring things about it. And sometimes we get a glimpse of the real essence that made someone great, don't we? The thing that really, when we reflect truly on someone else's life, we begin to get, you know what? I just love the fact that they did this. So when I was thinking about how do we start this year, I didn't want to get heavy and, and depressing about it, but it did cause me to think, as I sat and listened to the eulogies of, of Chris sat there and thought actually what this new year provides us with is an opportunity to stop and not reflect on the lives of other people but reflect on our lives and ask ourselves some fairly hefty questions and stuff like what would you like people to say about you so if we had that gift of hindsight where people would be able to stop and rather than it be a tragedy or a sadness that causes people to actually say what they think about you. Um, but, but we're in a position now where we can say, what would we like people to say about us? And then the, the, the trickier question is, well, what are we going to do about it so that people will say that about us? And, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because we can also think, oh, I'd like people to say he's just a really good person. Uh, we can say lots of nice generic things. But what is it actually that you would love people to be able to say, do you know what, whenever I saw that person, this is how they made me feel. Because we have the opportunity now to say, well, this year, as I reflect on, on not, not on everything that I've done and regret and all this kind of stuff, it's actually to say, as I reset for this year moving, moving forward... What, what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? Um, and, and to me, that's a really powerful opportunity. So what would, what would you like people to say? Is it stuff like, um, he was always so encouraging? Or she always had time for me? Or they were so kind, a great listener, um, so wise in everything that they said. And they always made me feel special. Now, the thing is, there'll be unique things to each of you. And it's not that we take on a generic list and we all move forward together and say, oh, we need to make sure we do this, this, this and this. But actually, who are you and what is it you want people to be able to say, that was the magic in them. That was the gold in them, that whenever I saw them, this is what happened. And the challenging thing is we say, OK, well, if that's the goal of where we want to be, we've got to be honest with ourselves now as we reflect and say, well, am I someone who listens? Like, do you, have you seen any of those Simon Sinek videos about um, about the the danger of smartphones and the damage that they're doing to relationships and all this kind of stuff? I mean, he is incredible, and in the way his brain works and the way he communicates is absolutely incredible. But it's probably some of the most challenging stuff 
for us as a generation to be thinking about because what's happened is these little devices have, have come into our world and actually without any of us realising they've taken over so much of what we do and how we operate. So his, his latest stuff that, that I've stumbled across is, is talking a lot more about if someone walks into a room and places their phone down face upon the table in a meeting, for instance, what they're saying subconsciously is this thing here if if anything happens on here, then that's my priority above all of you in the room. And those kind of things, you can sit there and go, oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah, as if that's the case. Or if, if you were to go out, I mean, the scariest thing, and I, I laugh about it all the time with other people, is when you go to a restaurant now and you just stop and look around, most people are all just, like, groups of people on a table are all just sat looking at their phones. And it's part of me now that if I had hair, I'd, I'd start to tear it out. But I'd look at it and go, what on earth is wrong that we are sat here and and as friends, we're going, let's go out for a meal. And then people are just stood there like this, enjoying a great night out with my mates. Yeah, it looks great. Do you know what I mean? And I'm looking at it thinking, so, so his... His challenge is, is saying to people, what are we going to do as a society to stop the rot of being so reliant on these kind of, these kind of things? Now, I'm not saying this isn't my challenge to you, how are you going to be better with your smartphone? I'm just talking about actually when we begin to reflect and say, what is it that's stopping me being the best I can be, not only for myself, but for other people? What are the kind of things? So are we a great listener? I heard a story the other day of someone who went for a, like a pastoral kind of catch-up meeting with someone. And the other person, the person that they were pouring their heart out to, was at one point busy replying to a message. And this person finished pouring their heart out and it was just silent. And they had no idea that it even stopped talking. And you look at it going, so let's address that. Are you a good listener? I'm thinking the evidence suggests currently no. And, and it's those kind of things thinking, how present are we in situations when we sit down with someone? Do they feel like we're giving them our full attention? Do they feel like if we were to call with a genuine problem, do they think we're going to be there? Because I know we can all sit there and sit here and go, do you know what, there's some people who I just feel if I needed them, if I called them, they probably would be too busy, so I won't bother. And the question is, do we want to be those people? Or do we, want to pe- do we want to be people who just say, do you know what, I just want to give the people I really care about a sense that, that I genuinely am there for them, that I, that I really will drop things if they need me, or that, that I want to be generous, I want to be kind, I want to be thoughtful, I want to be considering them when I'm not sat in the room, I want to be able to send them a message to tell them how much I appreciate them. Or, or I want to be um, so attentive when they're telling me how their week's been that they just go away feeling absolutely valued by the time that they've spent with me. And sometimes it's those kind of questions thinking, what do I want to be? We then got to start saying, well, what bits do I need to move out of the way to make me better at doing that? And I haven't got the answers for us. And it's only something we can address in our own lives. But actually, if we want to be someone who um, who fulfills the potential of, of what we want people to say about us, we've got to be prepared not just to be all reflective about the last year, but say, actually, moving forward, this is an opportunity to say, what am I going to tweak? What am I going to change so that I can be um, the best version of myself um, to the people who I encounter, whether that's at work, 
um, whether that's at home, uh, with your loved ones, with your friends, um, just with your mates when you're down the pub. What is it that you could be and do um, that could really begin to make an impact in those situations? Because if we're honest, if this whole thing of faith and a connection with God makes any difference to our lives, it's got to begin to show somewhere. It's got to begin to seep through the way we live our lives. Um, I remember chatting with with Lizzie uh, a couple of months back and and she was talking about a particular situation that she just changed her approach to. And I know it's been really challenging. It's been massively different. But the, the point is, what happened with Lizzie is she addressed something in her life that she knew wasn't easy, wasn't great, but she had to change her approach to it. And I know it still continues to be a challenge, but it's about our attitude to say, if, if I want things to be better, it's not just about expecting everyone else to improve. Sometimes I've got to change my approach to it. Um, and, I, and I think that's where we sit. And we're, we're going to do a little exercise in, in a few minutes. Um, well, I've got, I've got a load of little postcards and some envelopes. Um, and I just want you to write really simply, I'd like to be remembered for... And I want you to write a couple of things. You don't have to share it. You don't have to show anyone. I want you to write it down on this little postcard. Uh, and then I want you to write down the word, uh, the phrase, what can I do now? And then write one or two or however many want actions or adjustments that you can make to be able to say, this is how I'm going to do it. And then pop it in an envelope, put your address on it, and I'll send it to you in about four months' time. And then you can have that moment of regret and disappointment that you've put in the phone. And it'll just come as a surprise. Um, but, but sometimes we do need a timely reminder. Um, and if, if you want to, you can write that down, take a photo of it and say, I'm going to look at this again and remind myself that this is, this is what I want to be. And this is, um, and this is how, this is some things that I'm going to do. And then in three months time, four months time, when it drops on your doormat, if you haven't done it, then start again. This isn't about success or failure. This is about what we recognise in ourselves in this moment where sometimes the momentum of life kicks in in the next few months and we sometimes forget about these things. So whilst we're in this moment of being able to think about it, let's take some time to do that. But before we do that, <coughs> my, my other thought around this stuff is, I suppose, the role that as a, as a gathering of people and as a group of people that we have to play together. So individually we have a responsibility uh, as we reflect to say actually what are we going to do. But actually as we sit at the start of the year and upon, ponder the, the adjustments that we can make, I then start thinking actually well as we gather together, what difference can we begin to make as a group of people? It's not to say what events can we do or what things like that. I'm, I'm not talking... Um, specifically like that and just saying actually we we gather because we connect with a a, co- a collective purpose there's something that joins us together which is our our faith in god and our our desire to grow in our relationship with him so as we think about being a group of people being a gathering of people there's a challenge that comes with that and i suppose for me i start looking at it and say actually we talked about wanting this place to be a place of refuge um, and a source of hope and and a way that people can connect and find their connect with and find their purpose in life um, and I suppose for me, as I look at it, I want that to be um, the reality for each and every one of us 
But the, the challenge, as I look back over the last kind of 15 months since we started, is I'm really aware now that, that as we move forward as a group, we really need your input and your um, help in a lot of ways and, and your, um, I suppose, involvement to, to see this thing grow and develop and move forward. And, and actually, I've loved... Um, what we've looked at and how we've how we've started over this last fifteen months, and and I'm passionate about seeing this grow, and seeing this make a difference to more people's lives, and um, I'd love you to kind of consider, I suppose, as we as we look at look at how we move forward as a group of people, just consider like how you could maybe help and and help us to progress and move forward now this isn't about we need people to do more or we need people to uh, be more committed and those kind of things it's actually just saying i suppose for me and han what we would look at is the start of this year is say we will we will continue to do everything that we've done and we love doing it but i we both really feel that that if if anyone's happy to step up and get involved and, and help us to do some bits and help us work out how do we be more effective in some of these things? How do we, um, how do we um, I suppose, reach out to more people? How can we make a difference to the lives of others and all those kind of things? And how do we, just ideas about how we progress this thing forward. I don't want to just be sit, sat in our living room for the next five years i want to see this grow and it be a problem of how do we find somewhere that that will house more people um but i'm i'm passionately excited about that and and i think um there's so many ideas and so many gifts in this room that i'd love it if people could throw their thoughts and their ideas into the mix of that so what we're going to do um in about three weeks time we're going to sit around the table um, and have a meal together and anyone who wants to contribute to that anyone who's got any ideas and any thoughts then come and sit with us um, and it's not going to be a heavy evening it's going to be more about actually what could this look like how could we move this forward what are people's uh, what are people's perspectives on this we want this to be a collective group of people that move forward because I, I really think that God has given us some real gems in what we're talking about and thinking about and I'd love it if you guys would help us to, to do that. So if if you just only want to just come along and be a part of these bits as you have been, that is absolutely fine. There's no pressure. But I think we're really aware that we want to start up in the ante of not, not more time commitment, um, but just more energy as, uh, as to how we move forward more effectively. But the second thing I think... As, as I think about us as a group of people, the question I, I, we asked earlier is, what would you like people to say about you? I then also think, what would we like people to say about us? So when someone encounters someone who comes along to the living room, what does that encounter look like? So is it that we do, what we don't want is to create robots or, syn, or synthetic humans that all look exactly the same and we all operate in exactly the same way. But what are the values and what are the characteristics that begin to drive us that make it that make it the case that when someone meets someone from the living room, there's a positive experience that almost relates you back to us. It's not that we're all the same, but are there key things that people would say about whenever I whenever I've been to anything and there's guys from the living room there, that's how they are or that's what they do. 
Um, and we want everyone to be completely individual, but wouldn't it be amazing if people were saying stuff like, um, they just accepted me for who I was. They just loved me. Um, they saw the best in me. I never felt judged. Um, they were so positive. I felt loved and supported. If those are the kind of things that people would say after they've had any kind of connection with us as a group of people or or even just in our in our everyday lives when they find out we come along to something like this that there's something that go they are different uh, and in some ways sometimes and this is the difficult thing sometimes people will say they're different from other christians that i've met or other other people who go to churches it just feels a bit different i'm happy for us to be noticed as different from from other encounters people might have had because I think that's where that's where we begin to break down some stereotypes and be able to create an environment where people maybe feel like they could be safe and there could be refuge and they could find hope and they could find purpose. Um, and it's not to say that we need to decide on a set of values that we always do, but what I hope is as we connect with this stuff, is if this begins to help us, if what we look at when we gather together begins to inspire us, then the, the overflow of that is that it begins to uh, make an impact on our lives and it begins to be noticed in the most wonderful and positive ways by the people that we meet. So in a way, there's that great connection between what we want people to say about us and what we want people to say about us as a wider group, as a wider group of people. So those are a few random thoughts um, for the year ahead. Um, reflection is a, is a powerful thing. I don't want, as, as my, my friend had written on a status, friendly reminder, you don't have to reevaluate re your entire life. And that is true. You don't have to beat yourself up about, I didn't do this or I did do that. But actually, we do have a unique opportunity at the start of this year to say, how can I adjust and tweak the things that I do and the way that I am in my life so that I can be better equipped to be who God has made me to be.